Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a podcast, it's after the ending. Yes, and with great podcasts comes great stuff to listen to, so let's get cracking. I like it. All right. Well, I am Mike Green Microphone Spring. And I am Phil, man of a thousand... Man of a couple of different voices, Edwards. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah, just like that, I lost our ability to take our intro seriously, but that's okay. Today, Phil, we're talking superheroes. Yeah, that's right. So it's atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed. It's another mini episode, and it's all about the guys and gals and the capes. That's right. This is now we've done some of our top fives about like top five Marvel movies or comic book movies. This is our top five superhero portrayals. So that is which actors and actresses do we think did the best job of bringing their superheroes to life? You know, who captured the characters the best who gave the greatest performances and who basically you know captured the superheroes the best exactly and so there's a chance the film itself could be a bit poor or maybe not the best film but uh if the if the actor's doing a great job portraying the hero as we know and love them from the comic books or just as we picture them in our head then they can make the list. Indeed. And also by superheroes, we do include supervillains. Mostly it's just comic book characters, you know, the the great the great characters brought to life. So, Phil, why don't you get us started and give us your number five? Okay, my number five is Michelle Pfeiffer as Selina Kyle, uh, as Catwoman, as seen in Batman Returns from 1992. Uh, I think she does a, a great job. She, I mean, she, she plays basically two different characters until, until Selina Kyle falls out the building and then all the cats come around. Not sure about that bit, but then... You know, when she does go full Catwoman, she's great. She just, just steals every scene she's in. And she uh, looks amazing. And the costume is incredible. And I like the way the costume falls apart as her as she becomes more and more un- unhinged as it goes on. And she just, you do get the feeling that she's this this person who can just, well, you're not sure what she's going to do. And Batman just hasn't, doesn't know how to deal with it. And I uh, just think it's a, a great portrayal. It's not, not quite the, the Catwoman that you see in some of the comic books, but uh, there's been stages where Catwoman has been like that in various stories, Elseworlds stories, but it's just a great portrayal. And I think out of the various Catwomen that they've been, uh, this one is definitely the best. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and actually, you know, it's funny because I've said about Batman Returns before that if it was just the Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer storyline, just Batman and Catwoman, it would have been probably the best Batman movie there ever was. But the Penguin yeah, stuff, definitely. the Penguin stuff ruined it. But she is fantastic in the movie, and that costume and the way she looks in it is is amazing. So good choice. Yeah, thank you. What's uh, what's your number five then? My number five is also from the Batman universe, but I went in a very different direction, and it is a tie only because I felt I couldn't leave one out without doing the other one disservice. And it is Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as Batman and the Joker from Batman the Animated Series. Now, before you say, but that's a TV show, we're talking about movies, don't forget the best Batman movie, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, in which both of them starred. So that's how I included them, um, because I love Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And uh, But really, looking at the body of work, I originally wanted to put Kevin Conroy on the list just because he's so iconic as Batman, and his voice work as Batman is 
phenomenal. It's just he really captures that character, I think, like nobody else um, ever has. And then I was like, well, how do I put Kevin Conroy from Mask of the Phantasm without including Mark Hamill, <laughs> who everyone thought of as Luke Skywalker and then turned in the definitive Joker uh, you know, voice character that there ever has been. I mean, to this day, people are, are mixed on the different Jokers from the movies, even though most people agree that Heath Ledger was brilliant. He's not kind of the traditional Joker, but Mark Hamill yeah. with that Joker laugh. I mean, there's there's nobody who's ever captured the Joker better than he has, in my opinion. So that's my number five, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill from Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That's uh, an excellent choice. They didn't didn't make my list, but uh, they were very close, but I just both of them are just superb in the role, yeah. so I'm glad they made your list. You. Okay, my uh, my number four is Carl Urban as Judge Dredd in the film Dredd from 2012. Very good. Uh, well, I was thinking about Sylvester Stallone, and then obviously <laughs> I didn't pick his portrayal. Yeah, good choice. Although I must admit, I must admit, the first ten minutes of that, I mean, it's it's not Judge Dredd, but it's it was the first ten minutes of. Stallone's Judge Dredd was wasn't totally bad. Right. No, it's it's got some. And, it's, and then, the film has yeah. a few fun moments. It's just yeah. a shame they couldn't have gotten it more right. That's right. But then, uh, but then we had this. We finally had this version of uh, of Judge Dredd, and uh, obviously the budget wasn't that great. But what they did with the budget was was very good. Uh, and Carl Urban just gets the whole Dredd thing so well. He just you know he's got the chin. He's just got the attitude, the walk, and everything. Uh, and uh, people who go in there saying it's just it's just the raid. The dread script was was around way before the raid was made. Anyway, that's another thing. But yeah, you just you just do get the feeling this this one man can go into uh, one of the mega blocks and just take it down if need be, and that's exactly what he does. Yeah, and you can't mess with dread because he's judged. <laughs> Indeed, very good choice. I did not include it on my list mostly because I didn't think of it, but uh, <laughs> it's it's an excellent choice. Uh, my number four is somebody who I would say kicks an equal amount of ass as Carl Urban as Judge Dredd. It's an ass-kicking character, but in a different way. And it is, this will be no surprise to you, Phil. Okay. Brandon Lee as the crow. Yes, I thought it'd be on your list, yes. Yeah, you know, I um, because here's the thing. You know, it's easy to, to write that off as kind of, a, again, like a mid-budget, you know, lower-budget sort of action film. But I think Brandon Lee is really phenomenal in that role like he from all accounts he really threw himself into this performance and i've said many times that i thought that this is the movie that would have made him into a big star in a household name and it kind of did because the crow had a really big kind of fan following for several years after the film came out you know it's, yeah. it's died down now somewhat but there was a ton of merchandise from the movie i mean he was all over your your hot topic type stores and everything and i think that had he been alive that would have translated into some some serious stardom for him um, but he's just so great in this film. He's so intense, and he's got that that black sense of humor, and he he looks the part with the costume and the makeup. You know, I'm a big fan of the Crow comic, and while the movie does change some things, yeah, it really yeah. captures the spirit of it. And I think that with any other actor in that role, as we've seen from like the 17 direct-to-video sequels, none of which are, are very good. <laughs> that's true. Um, it takes a special person, I think, to play that role and, and pull it off, and he did it. So that's my number four. A great choice. Yeah, and they keep trying to make it. I think the latest person rumored to be in is Jason Momoa. Yeah. It's going to be in the new Crow, which doesn't doesn't really not the right pick. Although I do quite like no. him. But uh, for people who like uh, the Crow, we did do an after the ending for that back in our main episodes, and that was back in episode eleven. Yeah, way back. So that's worth checking out. Uh, I, I didn't make my list, but I knew it'd make yours. So my number th- yeah, my number three is a uh, it's a double whammy, but it's out the same film. It's uh, Ron Perlman and Doug Jones as Hellboy and Abe Sapien from Hellboy Two: The Golden Army. Very good choice. I didn't pick the first film because Doug Jones. To play Ape Sapien, but it was uh, David Hyde Pierce who did his voice in the first film. But in the second film, 
Doug Jones did the uh, did the whole shebang, did the voice on the acting. Hi, I'm Doug Jones, and I live for films. Thanks, Doug. Uh, he also played another aquatic man in Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water. So anyway, the, but the two of them, I think they just get the characters spot on. Also helped, obviously, by the amazing uh, costume and prosthetics and makeup that they have, which is just incredible. Uh, curious to see what the new Hellboy film is going to be like, but I think Ron Perlman and Doug Jones as the uh, as uh, Red and Blue were fantastic, and I'm a bit sad when I won't be seeing them do it again. Right, right. Good choice. I thought about them. Didn't well, I thought about Ron Perlman more so. Didn't make my list, but uh, mostly because I think that Ron Perlman is Hellboy. That's yeah. No, that's the thing. Isn't it? <laughs> no, it's it's when you it's yeah. when you see him though without the Hellboy makeup on, you're going, no, he should have. Yeah, I need that makeup on. Yeah, I mean, I, I interviewed him at Comic Con a couple of years ago, and it's like, oh. I see why you got cast as Hellboy because you kind of are him a yeah, little yeah. bit. Nice, so, nice guy, but he's definitely. there smoking a cigar and you know, yeah, going, pretty Crap. much, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but good choice, good choice. Anyway, uh, all right, my number three is uh, from a series of films. I don't know if I can nail it down to one performance, but if I did have to, actually, I, I am going to nail it down to one performance. Go on it on. is Hugh Jackman. And it is from X-Men, the first one. I'm going to go with the first mm. one. Here's why. I know it's easy to give him the edge in, like, uh, Logan or even The Wolverine uh, because, he, you know, he really is getting a little more intense in those films. But but here's why I'm picking him for the first film. When that movie came out back in 2001, I think it was, yeah. nobody had heard of Hugh Jackman at all. He was complete unknown, tackling one of the most popular characters that the comic book world has ever seen. You know, he's six foot one or six foot two, and Wolverine's supposed to be, like, five two. And yeah. You know, he's he's Australian and Wolverine's Canadian and everyone was like, who is this guy? How do you get Wolverine right? It's never going to work. And he came out in that movie and just absolutely nailed that character. And in every film since then, he's gotten more and more like Wolverine and portrayed the character better and better. So it's sort of an honorary award for the whole X-Men franchise yeah, yeah. because he's just so good at playing that character now. But, I, you know, like I said, I'm giving it to the first one just because he really surprised everybody and he instantly became a household name because of how good he was at playing a character who should have been largely unplayable on on the big screen. Uh, an excellent choice. Yeah, he didn't quite make my list, but he was, he was bubbling up and down. But yeah, you're right, it's, especially in the first one, because the first X-Men film, and you watch it now, isn't that good. But his portrayal, especially because it was the Wolverine who didn't have many of his memories, which I sort of missed from the comic books. Right, right. But it's uh, he did he played it so well, he's trying to figure out what was going on, and he, he knew there was certain things. And yeah, he did, it, he did, it, did an amazing job. Especially because he was he was very he was thrown into it really as well because it was going to be Doug Ray Scott and then he couldn't yep. do it for whatever reason. Yep, exactly. And he was so that's why Hugh Jackman he, he's not as jacked in the first film as he did end up being in, in later films. Right. But uh, right, an excellent choice. Thank you. Okay, my number two is it's another double whammy, but because I just think the portrayals these the two actors are perfect in the roles. It's uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Excellent choice and similar type of characters yeah. in a way. I can see why they ended up as sort of a tie. Yeah, because they're just it's. I mean, because Ryan Reynolds pretty much is Deadpool. Oh, yeah, exactly. His whole thing when he's interviewed and things, it's, you could just, you could imagine there's a slightly alternate dimension where, you know, it, it's whenever Ryan Reynolds is in a film, it's actually Deadpool and all these things. It's, right. it's just, yeah, he's just, he's just perfect casting. And Robert Downey Jr., when it was announced he was going to be, he was going to be Iron Man, I was going, oh, I wouldn't have thought that. But then I couldn't think of anybody, you know, who else would have played him. And then when we saw him actually do the role, you're just going, well, that, that's, that's Tony Stark. Right. You can't beat that. He just, uh, just nail it spot on as if born to the role. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that Ryan Reynolds was on my very short list. I would, he would probably be my number six. I almost put him on here. Yeah. Uh, but he, he just got edged out. Because so. even in the first one, X-Men Origins Wolverine, the first time when we see him when he's Wade Wilson in that. Right. 
that that's pretty damn close as well from the comic books. And then obviously yeah. the yeah they just what whatever they they took a load of drugs and then <laughs> forgot all about what Deadpool actually was. Right, right, right. <laughs> Very good pick. All right. Well, my number two is. Christopher Reeve as Superman. Um, And I think it's kind of self-explanatory, really. I mean, you know, he made us believe that a man could fly. And I I think what I love most about his performance is how different his Clark Kent and his Superman are. He He does a really great job of selling the idea that you can put on glasses and a, and a frumpy suit and convince people that you're not the exact same person you are, you know, in a spandex yeah, costume. Yeah. Um, and he's just so charming and and warm and engaging. And he captures that whole big blue Boy Scout. You know, there's not, it's not the, no offense to Henry Cavill, because I like Henry Cavill a lot, but it's not this dark, brooding Superman. That's not what Superman is about. You know, he is this friendly, you know, helping old ladies across the street, rescuing cats from trees, you know, yeah. big slice of apple pie kind of superhero. And that's the way Superman should be in my opinion. And he also did it at a time before really anybody else had done it. I mean, he was kind of the first major superhero in a big budget movie on the big screen. Um, So, you know, he was kind of in uncharted territory and he just nailed it. I mean, he really was perfect casting. I don't think you get too many more iconic performances than you do with Christopher Reeve as Superman, especially in those first two films. So that's my number two. Definitely totally agree. And in fact, I agree so much. He's my number one. All right. I was wondering. I wasn't sure because yeah. I could see how you go either way on him. But Because I, no, I, I think he is the uh, he's, he's the perfect portrayal of Superman. Even though the films and places weren't that... that I really love the first two films. They do have the faults and things, but he, he was Christopher Reeve all the way through. Yeah. He is, as you say, he was... He was Superman. He just had this this whole thing where he's you know the most powerful person on the planet, but he always he, he always felt you know humanity was 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 better than him. He was just there to make sure you know people were safe, and he just yeah he just as you say he could play Clark Kent and Superman. As that's I think we mentioned it before that scene when he goes to tell Lois who he is and she's getting something ready. He's looking in the hall. He looks in the mirror. And he takes his glasses off and stands up straight, and it's you suddenly realise yeah. how different he is, and you're going, "Oh yeah. my god!" And it's just all he has been slouching a bit, and then right. and the glasses, and you go, and that's you see, you see the transformation, and yeah, as you say, you could understand why people wouldn't associate the two. Yeah, it's such a transformation. It's it's all subtle little things, yeah. but they add up to this great moment where he transforms from one character to another. You know, he really he really did a great yeah. job with because um, people say Superman's like a boring character, and half the problem is. On films, it's just that they don't, for some reason, they just don't write a decent story half the time. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman just shows, you know, what a, what a, a cool, great character he could, he, he is. And he just, he just brought it across. It was like he just stepped out the comic book pages and, yeah. And there he was. Exactly. Yeah. Well, our number one and two were flip flopped, and our other <laughs> number one and two are also flip flopped. I didn't have a tie, but my number one is Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man slash Tony Stark. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because you said that when they announced him, you didn't, you, you kind of didn't think about him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then you could see it. When, for me, I had an opposite reaction. When they announced Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, I went, Oh my God, that is the most perfect casting I've ever heard in my entire life. I really, like the second I heard it, I I knew he was going to be perfect for the role. And he is. And, and maybe Christopher Reeve is a more iconic performance than Robert Downey Jr., but I just love his Tony Stark character so much. And it really is 
I think so true to his character in the comics and he you know he brings a lot of that flippant humor to it but in in some of the more recent films like Iron Man 3 and Avengers 2 we get to see him being a little bit more plagued with self-doubt yeah. and things like that so he's he's become a little bit more of an in-depth character um but I just really think that you know, in terms of casting genius alone, he gets my number one because he was the perfect choice. And I think he really loves playing the character. That's why he's been in like 20 films as Tony Stark, because I think he just doesn't get tired of of playing that character. So uh, he really nailed that one for me. And I love the Iron Man movies and the Avengers movies. So he's my number one. That's an excellent choice. I'm glad he made your number one. It's the whole thing which got the whole Marvel studio thing started, really. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he had a lot to do with that. All right, well, there you go. So those are our top five superhero portrayals. Yes, some excellent choices there, but there's so many to choose from. We could have uh, could have quite easily done, you know, top 10, top 20. Yeah, it could, it could have been a long list for we sure. Didn't even, we didn't even pick a Batman. Well, you picked a Batman. I didn't pick a Batman. I did pick a Batman. Was, yeah, I didn't even pick a Batman because there was a few. I wasn't sure which one to go through, so I just went, no, no Batman for me. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, lots of great portrayals. But as always, get in touch and... Let us know what you think. Who who are your favorite uh, superhero port- superhero portrayals? Who who could replace the likes of Hugh Jackman whenever they replace you know bring in a new Wolverine? Because some some of these people are so associated with him, you just can't picture anybody else playing them. But, yeah, uh, exactly. They're always good to watch. Indeed. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for us for now. So as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. I'm Phil Edwards, and we'll see you next week after the ending. So for uh, top five superhero portrayals, I hope you don't mind that for number, I, I was modest, but at number three, I did include myself standing in front of the mirror in just my underwear because I thought that was pretty <laughs> superhero. My God, so. so like, I that's my number two for me. <laughs> Your number two is me standing in front no, of the mirror? Number two is for me standing oh, in front of the you, mirror. Phil. Oh, oh, oh. You're oh, number one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. Okay. Then it's okay then. As long as I'm <laughs> number one, then I'm okay with that. <laughs> mm. Yes, Mike and Phil, one and two. <laughs> okay. I don't have any characters, I realize. You have all the characters. Mm. you got fake Chad Michael Collins and Herbie Gouda, and, and you've got you know Al Pacino and Christopher Walken and, and all those, and I don't, I don't have any characters. Did I ever do my Superman, uh, my Nicolas Cage a Superman impression for you? I think I think you have to do it again. So when when that whole thing was going on that Nicolas Cage was going to play Wonder Woman, or, <laughs> well, you know, that 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 would be that would be something. Off, wow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, now that's a movie I would pay to that's see. That's a Freudian slip, there, Mike. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it was. I want to see um, Nicolas Cage as Wonder Woman. Um. I could never. I don't do impressions. I could never go to an impression, but I could always get just this, just the, a little bit. And my impression of of Nicolas Cage as Superman is just is is him going, "Well, Lois," <laughs> and that's pretty much the whole. That thing. is fantastic. And I, I'm thank you. But I, I must admit, <laughs> I am quite flattered that you actually think what I do are impressions. <laughs> <laughs> it's after the ending. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't know if yippee is really the the. Best you could come up with there, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs>